This is a download from BFM 89.9, the business station. The Bigger Picture on BFM 89.9, the business station. just heard the Coney Island Waltz from Andrew Lloyd Webber's Love Never Dies. Welcome to Front Row Under the MCO. I'm Sharmila Ganesan together with Lim Su Ann. And of course, it's our daily show where we give you our recommendations of arts, culture and entertainment that you can enjoy while sitting safely at home. Uh, so last weekend, of course, The Phantom of the Opera was streamed on Andrew Lloyd Webber's new YouTube series, The Shows Must Go On, um, as a way to keep people entertained while we all collectively try and stay at home. Um, and so what better way, I suppose, to follow that up than by following it up with its own sequel, uh, Love Never Dies. So this musical takes off about uh, 10 years or so after the Phantom's disappearance from the Paris Opera House. And he has escaped to a new life in New York, where he's living amongst the screaming joyrides and freak shows of Coney Island. Of course he is. Yes. <laughs> um, and in this new world, he has finally found a place to belong. But he's still missing his one true love and musical protégé, Christine Daae. So how is he coping with it? Here's a short clip from the musical of the song Till I Hear You Sing, which will give you some insight. My Christine My Christine Lost and gone The day starts The day ends Time crawls by Night steals in Pacing the floor The moments creep Yet I can't bear to sleep Till I hear you sing And Pass and months pass, seasons fly. Still, you don't walk through the door, and in a haze, I count the silent days till I hear. Once more And sometimes At night time I dream that you are there Yes, the Phantom is still pining for Christine um, a decade on after he last saw her. Uh, well, that was Ramin Karimlu as the Phantom singing Till I Hear You Sing. I must say, Ramin is 
probably my favorite phantom mm-hmm. and uh e- even though i haven't watched love never dies yet hearing him sing this um kind of is getting me excited um things have changed though in the story um you know in the past 10 years for christine she's struggling in an ailing marriage to raul um and has not performed on stage for some time now and they have fallen on tough times as well as raul has lost most of their fortune to drinking and uh, apparently has a fondness for gambling wow. who knew oh, yes <laughs> from um, phantom of the opera That's to right. now this um so actually christine accepts an invitation to travel to new york and perform at a renowned opera house as described on andrewloydweber.com christine with raul and their son gustav is lured to america to perform one final time but christine soon discovers the true identity of the mysterious imp- uh, impresario who has tempted her across the atlantic as old wounds are reopened and forgotten memories unlocked the phantom sets out to prove that indeed love never dies wow <laughs> yes the storyline is as dramatic as it sounds uh, and there's several plot twists throughout the story but here's andrew lloyd webber himself describing the new setting of the plot and his feelings about following up to his most popular musical i'm going to be very careful what i say about the story because it's got so many twists that i don't want to give it away but what i can say is that it's set in america 10 years roughly after the end of the original phantom and it's also set in coney island coney was a fantastic place sigmund freud described it as the only reason to go to the united states it was beyond anything that anybody had ever seen a great eighth wonder of the world and it was the place where all the freaks and the oddities went and of course the phantom could be absorbed in there and our story finds him 10 years afterwards he's gone to coney island he's gone with madame giri his old friend and he's gone with meg her daughter and he's now the big mogul of coney he's now running the whole place and that's where our story starts well of course i'm nervous about um i'm following up my own biggest success and there's no question about it i mean the phantom of the opera uh, really is the biggest thing that i've ever done even bigger than cats which uh, is in itself i mean i never thought we'd uh, top it but this is a it, it's a, a piece i'm very proud of i have to say uh, i i think it's maybe more three dimensional in terms of the characterization than the original piece was which really is a, a version of beauty and the beast but um, the bit of a twist but this one really does develop the characters in a way that i didn't have the opportunity to do in the old one and therefore it was a very exciting thing for me to write musically so yes of course i'm nervous about it but i i'm very proud of it and i'm very very much looking forward to seeing it on stage So Love Never Dies opened at the Adelphi Theatre in London's West End in uh, March 2010 and it starred Ramin Karimlu as the Phantom and Sierra Borges as uh, Christine. So if you caught last week's streaming of The Phantom of the Opera, you would have seen them playing the same characters. Mm. The first production of Love Never Dies was originally directed by Jack O'Brien and choreographed by Jerry Mitchell, but the show closed for 4 days in November 2010 for substantial rewrites and these were overseen by Andrew Lloyd Webber himself. Finally it reopened with new direction by Bill Kenwright. Mm. So the original London production received mostly negative reviews mm-hmm. but a subsequent Australian production was generally better received. Um this was with Ben Lewis and Anna Oburn as uh, as leads and featured an entirely new design team and heavy revisions of the script. 
Um, however, the show finally did close with heavy discounting to tickets and a planned Broadway production, which was ha- which was to have opened simultaneously with the West End run, was cancelled. Apparently, all the negative press had deterred potential backers. Yes, and a fun but maybe rather painful fact, even though Andrew Lloyd Webber began working on Love Never Dies in 1990, mm. it was not until 2007 that he began writing the music. And one of the reasons that the sequel was delayed was because Lloyd Webber's then six-month-old kitten Otto, a rare uh, Turkish van breed, climbed onto his digital piano and managed to delete the entire score. Oh no! (laughs) And Lloyd Webber was unable to recover any of it from the instrument, but was eventually able to reconstruct the score. Um, Honestly, it sounds almost as ill-fated as the Phantom and Christine's love story. (laughs) It's a classic case of my dog ate my homework. I know, I'm like, I don't know, Andrew Lloyd Webber. (laughs) Um, So the production that's being streamed for free on YouTube this weekend is the 2012 Australian production starring Ben Lewis and Anna Byrne, which was directed by Simon Phillips and features a 21-piece orchestra with a cast of 36. So some reviews for you to help you decide if you do want to catch it or not. Um, Kate Herbert of The Herald Sun gave the show show 4 out of 5 stars and wrote, um, to quote, "Uh, with its vivid design, eccentric characters and mystical imagery, this is a ravishing spectacle that captures the dark mystery of a perilous fairground and should convert even a diehard Phantom fan. But Rebecca Saffer of Time Out Sydney gave the production just two stars, calling the show an act of glory, such glorious hubris, incredibly weak material and sentimental, nonsensical, ideologically conservative drivel. She also characterised the plot, calling it so thin it should be put on a cheeseburger diet and called out the inconsistencies between the characters as depicted in the original Phantom and their motivations as presented in Love Never Dies. So, ouch. Yeah. <laughs> um, Yeah, I mean, I'm not entirely convinced. I'm probably going to watch it because Mm -hmm. I love this story. But Phantom was one of those things that for me didn't really need a sequel. Mm -hmm. It was such a complete and perfect ending. Um, I don't know that I necessarily need a revisit and and to delve deeper into these characters. So I must admit that I didn't know there was a sequel until um, it was announced that this was going to be the next free viewing. And and I think it it just shows, I guess, how people really didn't like it. That Mm -hmm. I I loved Phantom of the Opera, but I didn't know there was a sequel. So I, I mean, like you, I am going to catch it because it is available anyway and I want to see if it is really as bad as, as, bad as it sounds or maybe I will like it. But well, no. I think the singing, if, if nothing else, mm. will be good and the score is actually a pretty decent one yeah. as well. I think what sort of turning me off from this right now is just the plot. It mm. seems a bit unnecessary. Yeah. I do hear though that there are these mad scenes of the um, fair that the Phantom Ooh. is in and so quite, um, qu- you know, setting-wise mm. that it's quite an exciting experience. So, um, yeah, I, you know, if you do want to catch it, Love Never Dies will be available. Uh, it's streaming on the show's must-go-on YouTube channel starting from 2am Malaysia time tomorrow, the 25th of April, and it'll be there for 48 hours. And on that channel, you'll also see several links to charities that you can donate to, which include um, the Actors Fund, COVID-19 Emergency Relief. Every little bit helps. So if you'd like to do your bit, that's where you can. Uh, so let us know if uh, you're planning to or what else you're watching. You can tweet us at BFM Radio. You can WhatsApp us at 018-789-8899. We do need to take a quick break. But before that, here's Sierra Borges as Christine Dae singing the aria Love Never Dies, BFM 89.9. Who knows when love begins? Who knows what makes it start One day it's simply there Alive inside your heart 
It infiltrates your soul. It takes you by surprise, then seizes full control. Try to deny it and try to protest, but love won't let you go. Once you've been possessed, love never dies. Love never falters. Once it has For mischief. <laughs> BFM 89.9, the business station. Welcome back to Front Row under the MCO with me, Sharmila Ganesan, and Lim Su An. So before the break, we uh, shared our first recommendation for today, which is the streaming of Love Never Dies, the sequel to The Phantom of the Opera that's happening this weekend. So from something, um, you know, something grand and operatic, we're moving on to something that you can get silly and sing along with. Would you like to board the Yellow Submarine for a YouTube dress-up sing-along watch party? Now, that's a dream that you never knew you could fulfill. <laughs> you can tomorrow on the 25th of April as YouTube will be hosting the sing-along version of the Beatles anime film, Yellow Submarine. Uh, and this is the fully restored version with lyrics at the bottom of the screen so you can wobble along to your heart's content. Um, this edition was released in theatres in 2018 to celebrate the film's 50th anniversary, but it hasn't been available anywhere else since. And this is really a film that brings new meaning to the word psychedelic in mm -hmm. terms of the characters, the colours, the music and of course the plot. Now that's quite hard to describe, but here's Ringo Starr putting it quite succinctly. The baddies take the joy and the sound from the world and we're brought in to help get it all back. And the battle ensues and we win. <laughs> That's it, really. <laughs> uh, thank you, Ringo. Here's Variety magazine describing it. The movie is about an unearthly paradise called Pepperland, located 80,000 leagues under the sea, a place where beauty, happiness and music reign supreme. But the peaceful harmony is shattered when the blue meanies invaded with, invade with their army of storm bloopers, apple bonkers, <laughs> snapping turtle turks and the menacing flying glove in an attempt to stop the music and drain Pepperland of all 
Gold Color and Hope. There's something I never thought I'd read yeah. on radio. <laughs> <laughs> so the inhabitants of Pepperland take refuge in a yellow submarine and ask for help from the Sergeant Pepper's Lonely Hearts Club, Lonely Hearts Club band. Um, and there are two groups. One is the Beatles dressed up as the Sergeant Peppers. And then there's the real Sergeant Peppers. And eventually they journey across seven seas, make peace with the meanies and restore music, colour and love to the world. So here we introduce Chief Blue Meanie. Pepperland is a tickle of joy on the blue belly of the universe. It must be scratched. Right, Max? Yes, your blueness. What? We meanies only take no for an answer. Is that understood, Max? No, your blueness. That's better. Are the troops in readiness? No, your blueness. The bonkers? No. Clowns? No. Snapping turks? No. Anti-music missiles? No. The dreadful flying glass? No. Splendid. Today, Pepperland goes blue. If that's not exciting enough for you to remember to tune in. I know, I don't know what else is. <laughs> <laughs> so Yellow Submarine was the fourth Beatles movie following A Hard Day's Night, Help and Magical Mystery Tour, all are animations as well. Mm-hmm. And it was actually conceived just to fulfill a contractual obligation that the Beatles had with United Artists. And they weren't even all that interested in it um, at first. Mm. It premiered in the UK in 1968 and really it remains as bizarre and incomprehensible today as it was then. It might have been the 60s, but honestly, I don't think anybody had <laughs> understood what was going on. Uh, you know, and this was 52 years ago, mind you. But back in the 60s, in the golden age of the Fab Four, um, you know, really, this was seen as a distillation of the band's esprit de corps. And also that, that shared sensibility that they had, it mm. was really also very spirit of the times, if you will. Um, and everything about it pushed the envelope, you know, starting with the animation, which combined different styles and techniques. This included the use of rotoscoping, which is a method of, um, it's a method in which a live action sequence is first filmed mm-hmm. uh, and then it's traced over and then it's painted so that it appears like animation. And, uh, you know, if, if this is a little bit of trivia. Their animated avatars were not voiced by the Beatles themselves but by voice actors. Oh, who would have thought? Uh, and why? I don't know. <laughs> Nothing makes sense. <laughs> um, then there's also the method of storytelling which constructed the narrative as a series of shots so that the style would vary every five minutes or so just to keep people's interest going. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so this idea came from Czech-German graphic artist Heinz Edelman, who's also credited with the psychedelic look and colours of the film. But, you know, if you're a fan of the Beatles, you'd want to hear about the music, mm-hmm. right? And the movie features a lot of new orchestral music from Sir George Martin and four new songs that were written specifically for the movie, which were recorded somewhat <laughs> under duress and with no small amount of resentment from the band members. Among these new songs were All Together Now, which is a sing-along friendly track, uh, but hardly lyrically inspiring, basically just a repeat of All Together Now about a million times. Um, Rolling Stone magazine credits John Lennon's contribution Hey Bulldog as being the only uh, song that actually stands out.
And for the fans, the sing-along will have you belting out some of the Fab Four's best-known songs that were used in the movie. So have a listen and see if you can ident- identify them. I look at all the lonely people I Picture yourself in a boat on a river With tangerine trees and marmalade skies Somebody calls you, you answer quite slowly A girl with kaleidoscope When I get older, losing my hair Many years from now Will you still be sending me a valentine? Birthday greetings, bottle of wine That really brings back memories. I think um, even though I'm not entirely sold on the animation, I haven't watched the movie before, mm. but I've checked out the trailer. Um, just being able to listen to the Beatles and sing along and um, I don't know, maybe dress up. <laughs> I mean, it is it is being touted as a, it is being promoted as a dress up event. So I feel like it's something that you can really just get the whole family involved, you know, and it's something to sort of, uh, something a bit more fun to do during your weekend, um, just to take your mind off things. I'm just reminded though of how um, interesting a time this was because Mm -hmm. if you told me today that the biggest sort of band um, decided to just release this crazy trippy animated film where they were in a yellow submarine battling (laughs) you know these crazy creatures Mm -hmm. it would just be the most bizarre idea and I don't see it happening today and Mm -hmm. yet somehow in the 60s (laughs) this is something that I mean they may have been forced into it but uh, it was quite a big deal Um, would you do you think you'll check this out? I mean, I know you're not um, entirely a Beatles fan. No, I, I've, I mean, I'm, I'm quite familiar with most of their songs. I mean, it's hard to not know any Beatles song at all, considering how huge they are. But I mean, this sounds fun. I mean, as weird as it sounds, I mean, the fact that it's everything about it is, has some psychedelic feel to it mm-hmm. makes me kind of interested. And it's something that, you know, if you just want to just chill and not do any work at all, not think of anything, I think this is a great thing to tune into. I've never attended a sing-along. I've always wanted to go to one. Mm-hmm. Um, I know they, they do Sound of Music sing-alongs a lot um, and I've never actually been. It The thing is though, I mean, I, I don't actually live with my family so a sing-along <laughs> of one feels a little um, isolated. That's just me on a regular day. <laughs> but I think maybe now is the time when we can all sort of sing along despite we're isolated but together. Mm-hmm. And this is just one weird way for us to, to you know, get into it at this time. Well, the, I do think though that not everyone um, actually went into it because a a lot of Beatles fans really dislike this movie. So it's one of those... um one of those things that has divided people and I think while there are proponents of it and I know that over time the particularly the use of such different animation styles mm. is something that a lot of film buffs are really excited about mm. um, but I don't think this is necessarily um, <laughs> the most uh, celebrated of fan pieces <laughs> if that makes sense Well I mean regardless if you are a fan or not that you know you can catch it the Yellow Submarine Sing Along will premiere tomorrow that's Saturday April 25th at 5pm British Summertime on the B 
Beatles YouTube channel. Unfortunately, that means it's 12 midnight on Sunday, um, April 26th for us here in Malaysia. But I mean, it is a one-off special event. So maybe it's worth staying up for this one hour, 20 minute 60s time capsule. Besides, you know, the closer it gets to late at night, the more you feel like you can watch something like this and be slightly <laughs> mad <is> yourself. <laughs> so I'm going to whip out my, I don't know, stripy blue and red jacket maybe. And uh, I don't know, wobble along to all together now. <laughs> <laughs> so if you are planning to catch the Yellow Submarine, if you're a Beatles fan or if you've been indulging in some interesting things online, let us know. You can tweet us at BFM Radio. You can WhatsApp us at 018-789-8899 or drop us a message on Facebook. We are BFM The Bigger Picture. Uh, coming up at 1pm, we have the Midday Music Machine, as always, with Ali Johan and Otnil Ting. So that's all the time we have for you today. But we are sailing away on the Yellow Submarine by the Beatles. Do stay tuned to BFM 89.9. In the town where I was born Lived a man who sailed to sea And he told us of his life In the land of submarines So we sailed unto the sun Till we found the sea of green Thank you for listening to this podcast. To find more great interviews, go to bfm.my or find us on iTunes. BFM 89.9, The Business Station.